Welcome everybody to Socratica Reads. My name is Kimberly Hatch Harrison, and I'm the co-founder of Socratica. We make beautiful videos about math, science, computer programming, as well as the meta topic, how to be a great student. One of the most essential tools for being a great student is to develop the habit of reading. You don't want reading to be some weird, exceptional thing you only do when you're taking a class, or because it's the only option. If reading becomes part of your life, if you do a little every day, you'll find it easier and easier to slip into a book or an article, and easier and easier to create written material yourself. There's a certain way you compose your thoughts for writing that's quite distinct from giving a talk or making a video. And I've got to tell you, although I'm in the business of making educational videos, I would never in a million years tell you that videos have replaced books. Reading has made a huge difference in my life. I've learned so much from people I've never met, and especially people who have lived and died long before educational videos were a thing. So having said that, I do understand there are a lot of demands on our time, and it's easy to put off reading while there's this constant feed of short video content right there on your phone. But I'm asking you and telling you, don't give up on reading. Your brain needs it. Do you read short stories? If you're short on time or finding it hard to commit to a long work, this can be a good way to ease into the reading habit. I'm going to recommend, as always, Ray Bradbury, but I want to make sure you try on all kinds of authors. Here's another one of my favorites, Andre Norton. One of the things that sets apart Andre Norton for me is, I remember characters and places from Andre Norton's stories better than from a lot of other writers. This is an interesting exercise when you read a short story. Ask yourself, what were the essential characteristics that the author got across very fast? How is it that some books go on for hundreds of pages and you don't take much from them, but others can accomplish something unforgettable in under 50 pages? Today I'm going to share the beginning of Andre Norton's short story, All Cats Are Grey, and you'll see how quickly you're pulled into this world. Are you ready? Let's begin. Stina of the Spaceways. That sounds just like a corny title for one of the stellar veto spreads. I ought to know. I've tried my hand at writing enough of them. Only this Stina was no glamour babe. She was as colorless as a lunar planet. Even the hair netted down to her skull had sort of a grayish cast, and I never saw her but once draped in anything but a shapeless and baggy gray space all. Stina was strictly background stuff, and that is where she mostly spent her free hours. In the smelly, smoky background corners of any stellar port dive frequented by free spacers. If you really looked for her, you could spot her, just sitting there listening to the talk, listening and remembering. She didn't open her own mouth often, but when she did, spacers had learned to listen. And the lucky few who heard her rare spoken words, these will never forget Stina. She drifted from port to port. Being an expert operator on the big calculators, she found jobs wherever she cared to stay for a time, and she came to be something like the master-minded machines she tended, smooth, gray, without much personality of her own. 
but it was Stina who told Bub Nelson about the Joven Moonrites, and her warning saved Bub's life six months later. It was Stina who identified the piece of stone Keen Clark was passing around a table one night, rightly calling it unworked slitite. That started a rush which made ten fortunes overnight for men who were down to their last jets. And last of all, she cracked the case of the Empress of Mars. All the boys who had profited by her queer store of knowledge and her photographic memory tried, at one time or another, to balance the scales. But she wouldn't take so much as a cup of canal water at their expense, let alone the credits they tried to push on her. Bub Nelson was the only one who got around her refusal. It was he who brought her bat. About a year after the Joven affair, he walked into the freefall one night and dumped Bat down on her table. Bat looked at Stina and growled. She looked calmly back at him and nodded once. From then on, they traveled together, the thin gray woman and the big gray tomcat. Bat learned to know the inside of more stellar bars than even most spacers visit in their lifetimes. He developed a liking for vernal juice, drank it neat and quick, right out of a glass. And he was always at home on any table where Stina elected to drop him. This is really the story of Stina, Bat, Cliff Morin, and the Empress of Mars, a story which is already a legend of the spaceways. And it's a damn good story, too. I ought to know, having framed the first version of it myself. For I was there, right in the Rigel Royal, when it all began on the night that Cliff Morin blew in, looking lower than an Ant-Man's belly and twice as nasty. He'd had a spell of luck foul enough to twist a man into a slug snake, and we all knew there was an attachment out for his ship. Cliff had fought his way up from the back courts of Vaynaport. Lose his ship and he'd slip back there, to rot. He was at the snarling stage that night when he picked out a table for himself and set out to drink away his troubles. However, just as the first bottle arrived, so did a visitor. Stina came out of her corner. Bat curled around her shoulders, stole-wise, his favorite mode of travel. She crossed over and dropped down without invitation at Cliff's side. That shook him out of his sulks, because Stina never chose company when she could be alone. If one of the man-stones on Ganymede had come stumping in, it wouldn't have made more of us look out of the corners of our eyes. She stretched out one long-fingered hand and set aside the bottle he had ordered and said only one thing. It's about time for the Empress of Mars to appear again. Even the shortest stories can create an indelible impression. I've never forgotten the character of Stina, and I'm glad I get to recreate her in my mind when I read this story. I never got to meet Andre Norton, but I'm glad I get to meet Andre Norton in her stories. I hope you pick up one of her books soon and get to know this intriguing person. Thanks for listening.